Episode 46. On today's show, Simone responds to a listener who called her cynical. The ladies talk about being competitive and discuss a time Steffi took credit for something she didn't do. And Steffi reads a story about actual dong teenies that were made in old Hollywood. And now, here are your hosts. Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm doing very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, before we get started, uh, I just wanted to thank all of our existing listeners who've been with us all along. You're very awesome. Uh, but welcome to all the new listeners that have come in through Feral Audio. Our, did you know? Did you know that we are getting downloads like from China and what? Switzerland? Yes. Oh, God. Dongtini is penetrating China. This is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I knew listeners. Uh, so that's fucking great. So thank you. Thank you to all our new listeners. We're, we're, we're happy to have you. We love you. Um, and also, uh, you want to be awesome. Uh, and I think if people are going through our website or through Feral, you're not necessarily going through iTunes. But we are on iTunes as well. So if you want to go over there and click a rating or write a review... That would be so cool. So uh, we would appreciate that. I know. I um, love reviews. They get I really know, they creative make my with the reviews. Yeah. I was looking at um, Little Esther. She's also on Feral um, Audio, and I was looking at her iTunes reviews, and someone goes, and goes, <laughs> I from Russia. Pretty girl make good sex. Want wife? <laughs> and gave her five stars. <laughs> Not touching. That's so great. I thought that was so darling. <laughs> um. Cool. Yes, yeah, so it's something like that. Yeah, we're up for it. Anything you like. Um, the other cool thing, which Dustin, lovely, sweet Dustin, who set us up um, uh, with Feral Audio, who is the founder of Feral Audio, is that there are Amazon links. And we're so dumb we didn't do this sooner. But essentially, if you, uh, and I'll put it on our dongtini.com as well, but also on Amazon. Uh, uh, sorry, on Feral Audio, on our link through Feral Audio, um, there's a link to, to shop on Amazon. So if you're going to buy a pair of socks or a computer or a Kindle or whatever you're going to buy, if you click on that gun first... Oil. Oh, gun oil. Exactly. Gun oil, which we have promoted on this program. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can go through that link first and then you just go about your purchase as you would. You're not doing anything else, but we'll get a little kickback from that, which would be so nice. It would help us, you know, pay for our hosting and other things that we need to uh, to keep the show running. So, uh, so yeah, just go there first, then go about your business. That's not too much to ask, so come on. <laughs> buy a computer, buy it through Dong TV. <laughs> yeah, buy a whole computer. Buy Make a whole computer. Make sure it's like $5,000, please. Okay. Yes. The most best expensive computer you can get. The most Fine. best expensive. The most best expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, oh, I also want to mention thank you to Stee at Feral Audio because he's been doing such nice work on our on the Feral side of our website, our page. Is that how you say Audio. his name? Stee. It's S T I G, but you say Stee. So oh. thank you, Stee. Uh, we we love your work. Yeah, so, he's um, really nice. Yes. Um, now today's Memorial Day. It's his Memorial and Day. Happy Memorial Day, Australian Simone. Thank you. Happy how are you celebrating our fall? <laughs> you have what? I, we have um, we have Anzac Day in What's that? April. Uh, Anzac st- stands for Australia and New Zealand Army Corps. So um, oh. yeah, so that's that's our equivalent of Memorial Day. It's on the twenty fifth of uh, April every year. So anyway, yes, but it's Memorial Day here in America. I've celebrated by getting very drunk last night because I didn't have to work today. <laughs> um, and you you tweeted uh, you were tweeting a bunch of people who were. Um, uh, <laughs> thanking Jesus in Memorial Day. Do you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, I do. Um, like, <laughs> I wrote this post, like, it's been like three or four years now, but um, it was all I put was like for Memorial Day. Stuff Christian culture likes is Memorial Day. And Memorial Day has nothing to do with Jesus, but Christian culture loves it. And so yeah. I woke up this morning and I'm like, hey, let's 
have a little anth- anthropology lesson and see what Christians are tweeting about Jesus and Memorial Day being yes. one and the same. And so all I did was search Memorial and Jesus and all these people came up going, Happy Memorial Day and remember the true veteran who made the true sacrifice, his life for you. Jesus. Oh. And there's like so many of those that Such came up. Jerks. So I just retweet those and, and I have a great time and I kinda aim to lose followers, but I keep getting more, but yeah, yeah, um, that's good. No, people love it. I love it. They seem but, to love um, it, but yeah, I, it's I one of those things. Where it's the kind of things where some people will drop off, but more people will like it. So right, right. Yeah, I think that's why that's the way that works. Yeah, so, the good um, people stick around. So. But it's funny when you retweet that; it just points out to me like I wouldn't have thought of it otherwise. But if you're gonna point out the the, the soldier sacrifice and Jesus, it just reminds me that I feel like a soldier sacrifice is greater than Jesus' sacrifice because <laughs> Jesus knew he was going to heaven. Jesus knew. I'm sorry, but if you know you've got that payoff coming, it's not that hard compared to some poor schmo who's just doing it because he just thinks it's the right thing to do for his country. I have, like way more respect for that. You know, it's like Jesus already had Easter, okay? So we, yeah, we, we already dealt with that. I, I just think uh, a, a soldier who doesn't know what's what's on the horizon it's much scarier much harder to to Seriously. give up your life for your, your country than jesus so you're just kind of highlighting that by bringing jesus into the memorial day equation you fucking nutcase well it's just it's just so dumb it's just so like unrelational and and, and retarded and yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i don't i don't like those kind of it's just total theologizing to me is what yeah I see it yeah um, it's like yesterday. shitting on something. Somebody does something, it's like, well, yeah, that was really great, but Jesus did it better. That's Jesus what like, they're trying to say. Yeah. So please remember like, what a piece of shit you are and how much you owe to him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so fucked. And it's, I'm glad they do it because it just points out to me that it's the exact opposite of what they're trying to say. So Yeah, well, right that's, on, the whole, then that's why I retweet them. So, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of fun because a lot of people don't get it. But um, that's okay because yeah. it's funny to hear them. I, I love the mean emails are kind of entertaining. But um, yes. yesterday I was driving to church and Highway to Hell came on the radio and I turned nice. it way up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm such a preacher's kid. Like, I'm so stupid. But I love that song at the end. He's like, I'm going down. <laughs> I don't know. It just reminded me of you saying Jesus knew he was going to heaven. But. Yeah. What did the kids think of that? Did the kids hear you uh, uh, with the kids in the car when this was? Oh uh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious! Oh my gosh! Today at the playground, Lolly was playing with this little girl, just some other seven, six or seven year old that she met, and they're running around and calling each other silly names, and they started uh-huh. calling each other Monster Muff, <laughs> and I was about to have a seizure. <laughs> I was sitting there going, Monster Muff, get over here! Wow, that was Can you the, that name when stuck. they're like sixteen. That would be like a massive insult. That's like calling each other a whore. <laughs> <laughs> My friend's mom was talking about you know like like muffs, the old fashioned kind that you put your hands in to keep yes. your hands warm. <laughs> Yes. Because my mom was saying, I had the best muff. I loved oh. my muff. <laughs> she know, the mom didn't know what she was saying. And my friend's like, Mom, stop saying muff. <laughs> my mom always says titbits instead of tidbits. Titbits? <laughs> titbits. Like, she can't That's be a stopped. Bad word. I've told her and she just keeps saying it. Tit is a bad so, word. Yeah. Now, I wanted to broach a subject. I've had this on our to-discuss list for, for quite some time, and then I uh, remembered something that would make the conversation even more interesting, so I finally got it on the official episode 46 list, um, which was discuss uh, cheating. And I mean, like, cheating in games and uh, taking credit for things you haven't done, that sort of thing, because, uh, yeah, I think the psychology of cheating is very interesting to me because I am so so competitive like any game if it's Mm -hmm. just like a simple board game or i'm involved in some sort of sport thing or whatever i want to win so bad so it's kind of sick and i think it's because i tie in the victory with my low self-esteem so that if i win this means oh i'm so great for five minutes (laughs) while everybody cares about this thing but whatever it means a lot to me to win and i try so Uh hard having said that you know if i i i I don't want to win at all costs i don't want to appear to have won if i did not win i want to win for reals i want to win because i'm the best that is why i won (laughs) (laughs) well that's clearly what it means if you win at that game of chess so 
Exactly. In this moment, in this game, you were the best. <laughs> For one moment in so, time. Yeah. So then there's people who will cheat and everyone will believe that they won and they'll get the glory, but they didn't really win. And mm-hmm. I do not understand the psychology of that because it's sort of it's i mean i i understand that that person feels good and everyone around them is probably patting them on the back it's like yeah good job you know so that's why i understand that appeal but in their heart in their soul what's going on that you would feel do you really feel like is there hollowness with that because you know you didn't or do they delude themselves and pretend that they really did win or i've heard people say because a lot of people who cheat at woods with friends and stuff and their excuse is i was smart enough to cheat i'm like are you yeah 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 people have said that people have actually said that i was playing woods with friends with this guy i went to school with and Uh he was no wordsmith when i knew him in the school (laughs) and he's playing like three brilliant no, and he's playing like three bingos in a row, really strange words. And I, I just called him on it and he said, you know, I said, I think you're using it. Because there are plenty of apps to play words with friends and just that generate the words and they'll, they'll place the word for you. You don't even have to do anything. It plays right. the turn for you. And I accused him of it and he said, oh, no, why do you say that? He never denied it. He just said, why, do you, why are you saying that? Why are you saying what makes you think that? And then he accused me of being a sore loser. It's like, I'm not a sore loser. I play people who beat me all the time. People who I've beaten once, you know, and I play yeah. them continually. I'm not afraid to lose. I just don't want to lose because somebody's cheating, you know? And I can't understand well, the, just takes the, the mindset behind it. Well, it takes the fun out of it if they're cheating. It does. It does. So I can't, I can't understand how a person feels if they win via cheating at all. Um, yeah. And this also goes for taking credit for things that people have done, like our Dongtini logo that we had on um, Feral last week. Dustin sent us an mm-hmm. email like, that logo looks so great. And I immediately wrote back and said, oh, I didn't do it. Steve did it. Like, I couldn't let oh, him nice. just think that, that I had done it. You know, and it's like, who cares? Nobody really gives a shit. But I, I wasn't satisfied letting anybody think for a moment I'd done something that I had not done. So, uh-huh. and that brings me to now the big question now moving, uh-huh. shifting this and getting the insight from you. So, um, and don't worry, listeners, I'm not springing this on her. We discussed this. She <laughs> willing to talk about this ahead of time. I'm not that kind I'm of person. Um, <laughs> I'm going to confront you about this incident from four years ago. Yes, um, this happened four years ago. This happened four years ago. So we were backstage with Supergrass, and it was our a big, big event in our lives because we were just hanging out with them for like six hours, and it was so fun. Um, anyway, and we had met them previously just as fans hanging out, waiting to meet them and stuff. So, But this time we were hanging out. We were invited backstage, and, you know, it was, a, it was a, you know, we were very welcomed. It was, we were part of, the, part of the party. So anyway, and along the way, uh, Gaz, the singer from Supergrass, he... Um, we had mentioned that we'd met them before, I guess, and, and uh, he'd met Stephanie at a radio station in Seattle in 2006. And he thanked, and then Stephanie, he somehow thought that Stephanie had given him this DVD with Neil Young stuff on it, this compilation. He's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. right, I remember you, you gave me this thing. And <laughs> afterwards, because I was like, wow, that's so cool that he remembered that, because he really liked it, they listened to it, they watched it tons, like it had been a really important thing, and he was so grateful to her, and she was like, oh yeah, it was no big deal, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so afterwards, I was like, oh, that's so cool that you did that that he remembered that and you were like oh it wasn't me that was like so and so in portland so he it was like the the day before that 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 he'd got it and she totally took credit for it and i was like because i would never do a thing like that so stephanie please Mm -hmm. explain take talk us through the mindset of of that whole thing yeah yeah (laughs) well going back i was um because <laughs> when I had um, stalked him outside KEXP in Seattle in 06, like I had this gigantic um, box full of presents for them. So I had like, you know, a thing of Stella Artois because I knew he liked that. I had all these toys from Archie McPhee, like um, a decapitated Marie Antoinette, like a little Barbie doll, but it's Marie Antoinette and you like, has a ejector button and her head flies off, you know. And nice. I, you know, I put CDs in there, I put brownies I'd made, I, you know, just tons of stuff, like all these little toys and um, some sort of DVD was in there. I can't remember what it was now, but um, <clears throat> so I'd given him this. And then when he goes, Oh, you gave me that Neil Young DVD. When he said that, I remember it flashed through my head. I was like, no, that was a girl in Portland. But I was uh-huh. like, I was kind of embarrassed that he didn't want to, that he didn't remember which one it was, and that it was me that gave him which one. And also, I didn't want to embarrass him by further 
saying but it was more about me like i mean i yeah. didn't want to say oh no 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 <laughs> but it's more about saving my face and i'm like oh yeah yeah because i'd gone to all the effort to make that big fucking expensive basket of prices right him. right and i was like okay i'll just take the credit real quick for that neil young dvd but i had read that girl's blog where she said she made like some dvd thing and, and then danny immediately right. goes oh you made that we love that and i was like ah oh, i can't turn this down this feels too good supergrass is like saying that they like something that I made they watched yeah. the DVD the whole tour and so I, I very like shittily took the credit for that but kind of it was kind of in the moment and on the spot and I had all these nerves like just racing through me and I hadn't yeah. had much to drink yet and I'm like I'm backstage with Supergrass this is fucking weird and um, yeah yeah so but then so later you were you were congratulating me on how yes. <laughs> on my creation of something that they enjoyed so much and I'm like, oh, so I continued <laughs> So that was kind of a, a crap thing of me to do. Yeah. I, and do you, did totally you feel, how do you feel about the glory? Like, does the glory feel empty because you didn't really do it? Oh, no. Or? No, no. It feels wonderful. <laughs> See? How can that feel wonderful when you didn't I do anything? I don't know. Because well, I had given him this big, a whole other big thing. So I was, you know, I'm like, so at least some, some glory is coming to me off that. But it's at the same time, it's like, I know that he doesn't li- watch that and think fondly of me. Like, I think he forgot, like, right away that I said that. It's just kind of my guess, just knowing him. And it's kind of No, no, but. because he mentioned it. I saw him, like, sometime later, and I think he mentioned it again. Oh, really? Yeah, you've created a perm- <gasps> Yes, yes. Oh, you've created this permanent association. Like, you were the one who did that. Well, if I ever see him again, I, I will totally confess. I, I, think, I don't think you I need think to confess. This to. isn't about forcing a confession out of you. Well, this is just I'm just trying to like understand how yeah. it all feels to to take credit for something you didn't do. Yeah, I'm not really I'm not competitive at all. It, like I don't yeah. care about winning in games, and it frustrates people who are competitive. And um, yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> it so does. There's nothing worse than competing with someone who doesn't give a shit. I don't care. I'm like oh, I'm like I, I need to It's not a true lean. contest. You want that person to be trying as hard as you, so that way when you beat their ass it means so much more <laughs> well like it's it's so funny to me to watch competitive people like duke it out and and because i don't understand it I, but it's it's entertaining you know because they you know a lot is writing on it for them somehow so yeah um, yeah is is bunyan your sister competitive um no not like me no i think mm-hmm. she's she gets into stuff but she doesn't like go as nuts as me i don't think like okay. i would remember one time when we were kids we went to see a live show at the mall of Barbie and the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and any time there was there was a maybe I mentioned this before, but yeah, any time there was anything like we need a volunteer, you know, I would she would just like sort of put her hand up, like her arm her, her, her arm is just sort of half out from her from her body, just half raised. Whereas yeah. I would like have my arm shot in the air and pulling my arm out of my it. socket. Did you use like, your other hand pick, to hold your forearm? Exactly, and, like, exactly. Just to get an extra couple inches up. <laughs> You know, like that would be me, and she would just sort of be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that." And I'm just like, "Oh, me, me, pick me!" You know, like so. I think we have that different nature, you know. Though we never finished a game of Monopoly because we would fight all the time. But I don't think I think that oh, was just about that was just a, like about domination. That was like, a, yeah, you know, we we just wanted the, the the blue ones at the end. We had different names for them. The Australian one, it's Park Lane and Mayfair. It's oh, like it's really? British, it's like the British version, yeah. What's oh, the, it's Boardwalk, isn't it? It's Boardwalk is the very last yeah. one, and Park Place, I think, is the next to the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Did you so, guys play anyway. where you put, whenever you paid money, did you guys, um, or when you landed, you know, on chance, did you put all the money in the middle, and when you landed on free parking, did you get to keep all the money in the middle? I think, no, we didn't do that. I didn't learn about that until later. I love that. That was my favorite. I hated playing with someone who didn't want to do that. Because <laughs> oh, it's not be the rules, that. but that's just Yeah, like, yeah, it's one of those unspoken yeah. rules. I don't care about rules, okay? <laughs> Oh, see, I'm so into rules. Oh, did you my get God. mad? Okay, let me ask this question. Um, did Bunyan keep all of her Monopoly money in a big pile in front of her? And did you lay yours out neatly in stacks according to the denominations? And I did have um, them neatly in stacks according to the and denominations. did you get mad at the person who kept it in a big pile? Because <laughs> I would, no, no. would always get mad at me. The, the competitive person didn't like, they couldn't stand that I kept 
had my money in a big pile in front of me. Gosh, no, I don't think, I think she kept hers tidy as well, actually. Okay. But I think in later years, I might have kept it, I might have kept it in a stack. But it's in, it's still in order. I mean, I keep my wallet like that. My wallet goes yeah. in denominational order. So it's just easy to nice. find the money and you kind of have yeah. a better idea of what you have. Especially yeah, yeah. in America, when you could have a big fat stack of ones that's worthless. You need to know where oh, the ones begin I hate in your ones. wallet. You, you know what I hate so much is pennies. And I was telling the Grapes of Rad that I throw pennies away because I hate them so much and they got really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm like vacuuming or something, if I find a penny, I'm like, God damn it, I'm not walking all the way over to the change drawer just so I can put this in Coinstar in wow. here, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's where I land. Gosh. Well, anyway, yeah, but listener, please weigh in on the competition debate. Either call the dong line or leave a comment on dongtini.com. Uh, yeah, it's quite a... It's quite a... A pool of conversation going on over there post episode so please join in so so that's all uh, that was a that was a thank you for that insight stephanie uh, <laughs> i don't know if i made anybody feel any better but no i don't feel bad i can't believe that you're not bothered by it <laughs> I, I guess i am on like a little bit of level but i have i have so many other things that i'm really bothered by that it's, it's way down on this i've got room to be bothered by everything you're quite bothered by everything no, I have room. I can. There's. I don't oh, have like oh, a oh, limit. Yeah. yeah, I don't have like a like a box that gets full and it's like okay, I've got. I can't, I can't fit that in. I can. I can fit it all in. It's why I'm so high strung. <laughs> I know oh, my boy. friend Tracy. My friend Tracy has this um, little 90 year old neighbor lady, and um, she, she goes. I was talking to her about. Um, you know, she's like, how'd you live so long? And, and the little lady said, honey, you just have to learn to let things go. And Aww. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> but, it's like, true. How do you learn to do that? I mean, I guess you just catch yourself doing it and yeah. kind of try well, to I think there's a balance where I can think about things, I can get worked up about them, but I'm getting better at letting things go. But I can, I can still afford everything, its moment, and what I think its value is, and its yeah. amount of outrage. I can work it all up, <laughs> and then I can let it go and realize it's not really worth it. But So I, I kind of like that I have that now. I think I'm, sure. I'm in a good place with that, where I could... Yeah, give it its dues and then move on. So, yeah, yeah. it's a good feeling because I don't like to I'm, be dismissive of things. But um, I'm definitely but more of... mellow than I was like ten years ago. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and you probably are too. Like, oh, doesn't everybody mellow out definitely. a little bit? So. Definitely, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, and I guess all this, you know, letting things go and being worked up, sigs beautifully into our voicemail. Oh. Hi, Stephanie and Simone. This is Zach Wolf, uh, friend uh, and enemy of Simone Turkington. Uh, I say enemy in jest, but I'm curious on why Simone is so fucking cynical and uh, how she feels that cynicism serves her life um, regularly. I'm sure that you guys will admit that being optimistic at times is helpful, but I'm just curious about the topic of cynicism and how it helps Simone be a happier person or a more realistic person or something. Anyhow, uh, you guys do a great job and keep on rocking the dawn. So that was a super interesting voicemail from listener Zach. And um, I, I just, I guess I, I would rather, I would like to have had, it's not, he's not directing at me, but um, I think it would be nice to have a little more information about how he feels. Simone is cynical because he, he wasn't specific about that at all. It was just completely open-ended. And, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm just curious about how he thinks that. But I guess my, my main thought that comes to mind when I hear him um, ask that question is um, how does it help her be more, more of a realistic person? And um, I, I guess my, res my kind of immediate response is that everybody reacts to everything out of their own reality. Yes. And so... Um, everyone everyone's response to absolutely everything that happens comes from their story and right. it's valid and so um i guess i'm just curious about where he where he's going with that and and does he think this <laughs> what kind of answer is he looking for i, I suppose because um it just saying why are you so cynical just doesn't, doesn't sound very invitational or relational and 
No, um, I felt it was a little accusing. Did you? And it, I, it did. I, I felt I got an accusing vibe off of it. So, you got an um, accusing vibe? Okay, it wasn't just me. Because I've talked to him no. and we've had... I know, I know Zach and uh, we've, you know, he's kind of, we've sort of had conversations like this, you know, usually I think one of us or both of us is a little intoxicated or something, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but I know he's very, he has a, he, on his chest, he has a tattoo that says honesty. So, um. so yeah, so he, he's very much, and he's, you know, all about, you know, being optimistic and positive and, you know. He's, you know, I would say... That's interesting because I just feel like he didn't frame this question in a positive manner at all. So You didn't think the question I, was framed in a positive manner? Fra- so- yeah, because it just, like you were saying, it's, it feels accusing. And it, it, I feel like it stops any progress from happening right there. It's, yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like you're trying to draw Simone out at all. And it doesn't feel relational, like I said. So... Interesting. Um, that's my okay. that's my initial response. That was your that was that. your initial response in it. Okay, yeah, because because yeah. it almost sounded like uh, he was cynical about my cynicism. Well, that's so, yes, that, <laughs> which is the so, irony of it. it is, and then I have another thing with cynicism is because I get I get called cynical a lot because of my blog stuff Christian culture right. and I get so many emails that are like you're so cynical about Christianity. And um, so I and I've been called this. I, okay, this is another story. Ten years ago or so, um, some girl who actually went to my church. She told me, Stephanie, you need to stop being so cynical. Cynicism is the enemy of the gospel. And I was like, I, I don't know what you mean exactly, because I feel like cynicism. Uh, I guess we would have to work on the definition of what you mean by cynicism. And so she and her husband came over, and they printed out or or they photocopied from the dictionary the page that had cynicism on it. <laughs> They wow! The definition of wow! Didn't they have just emailed <laughs> This was like in in '01 or something. So <laughs> it was like kind of before Google or uh, was everywhere. Wow. But um, so I just I feel like cynicism um, kind of comes from a place of of, of hopelessness. Maybe if it, like like I feel it, like people um, kind of lump being bitter in with cynicism and and. And I guess it, it sounds like it's not a very progressive type of anger, but yeah. um, I, I so I, I don't know what his definition of cynicism would be. Though. Yeah, and so I, think he I, finds, I just I'm very that, disdainful of a lot of things. Like he's very positive, mm-hmm. he's optimistic. He'll you know new stuff comes out. He does not comedy, sound whatever. like that from his voicemail <laughs> at all. Like I was like this this seems like a, a someone I don't like like right off oh. the bat. And he yeah wow. he goes why is she so fucking cynical like what is that 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 yeah. I wish. I, I would have rather he, he said something my... like, I'm curious as to why your response to such and such is such and such. Like, right, there right, is right. something that's relational. And, yeah, that makes so. sense. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've talked to him, so I, I kind of know what he's talking about. I think it's to do with, you know, a lot of pop culture stuff comes out. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Oh, that mm-hmm. sucks. And you hear me say that a lot. And and I see, you know, I, I, I don't think cynicism is necessarily, you know, I, I see it as a... As a positive thing or is it, it can be part of a positive thing and that me the reason sure. i'm so cynical about things is because i love things so much i want things to be the best you know like me and my competitiveness and like i think things should be so great and i have such high hopes that when i see things mm-hmm. that i think uh uh not doing that like you know i if you know, when people make you know a movie like like the battleship movie like that that to me is is an example of cynicism like these the public is so stupid they're just that gonna they go watch a movie swallow this down and call yes. it yes what is this this is a game the only thing about this game is that it has a name with the battleship and has an objective which is to sink the other person's battleships that is the entire objective and now you're going to build an entire fucking movie around that just by using the battleship font and you think people are just going to go and see it and they do <laughs> that kind of shit font. makes me <laughs> it is the battleship font anyway and that makes me so mad and i get really angry and why am i angry because mm-hmm. money gets funneled into this stuff and you know yeah. zach and me and you all of us new people doing you know a lot more interesting thoughtful art that gets overlooked because these assholes are putting money in this so and i feel like you people need to be annoyed and be aware about this stuff and make mm-hmm. a, make a ruckus and try and do stuff that counters that to make things better you know what i mean so mm-hmm. so I, I feel like my cynicism comes from a place of calling people out on their bullshit i'm not gonna eat shit you know sure. and, and especially if you're talking about honesty I, I think it's dishonest to pretend everything's so sweet and peachy well, keen and nothing's wrong or it's or it's putting blinders on to stuff that is actually problematic and, and i can see why you can let it yeah. take it, what's that it's not true oh, optimism I, I, it's, it's not. If you, if you aren't acknowledging the things that suck in the world, you can't just walk around and be optimistic about about no. everything because that's not true optimism. 
no i feel like true optimism is like is being is acknowledging what's horrible and speaking with hope exactly and and create in creativity and and kind of dreaming of of ways to approach it differently what what could be different like that's yeah. optimism to me so exactly and i think yeah and, and that's where i think a lot of my my cynicism and negativity comes from it's my love of the positive you know i mean you you know me and i listen i don't know how much i can can convey this on the have conveyed this on the show already <laughs> but for all the things i hate i love things so much i am like emotionally well, moved to yeah. tears i will go to the ends of the earth to see my favorite bands i have emotional crying crazy experiences I experience joy and happiness like, you know, nobody's business. So, well, it's know, all so, very yin and yang. Like, you can't exactly. have the, the, the extreme, what Zach is calling cynicism, without the extreme polar, exactly. you know, mirth. So, yeah. there's that. I'm not, I, 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 I think that there are a lot of people, I think, who are sort of, like, try to be positive. I almost feel like they're sitting, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to, you know, just put this blanket statement over everybody, but I feel like people who are just trying to, like, oh, yeah, everything's cool, everything's fine, I don't hate anything, oh, I don't care. I almost feel like they don't, they don't seem to experience the same amount of insane joy that they, they could get if they had more extreme extreme views on things you know because everything's just sort of in the middle and it's not as fun in yeah. the middle it's far more oh, no. interesting on the on the extreme so i think that's where, where it all comes from and also so much you know as great art comes from people yeah. you know looking at things and saying the status quo is kind of boring or fucked and let's do something else you know like that's you know Look at like Monet, for example. You know, impressionism was totally frowned upon. Like, eh, this is unfinished. This is this is not good because it was all about fine arts and you know doing everything you know perfectly. So it was all you know all about technique. And it you know it, right. you know it, 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 you know artistry. You know, so much artistry came out of breaking that down and saying this isn't great. If you, everyone was just optimistic, like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is beautiful. This is perfect. This is great. So much stuff wouldn't evolve and come about in art because yeah. you need that to push it forward. So I think cynicism is very important in you know uh you know it's it's got different facets to it but you know as i said it's negative when people are just using it to like make money on shit and exploit people mm-hmm. you know but uh but yeah i think it can be used positively as well so that's my response well, what, to that and what you said about people who are kind of in the middle and oh everything's you know they don't really have extreme you know disdain for things um like it just reminded me of the therapy principle which i've I've found to be so very true in my experience is that when you go into the dark parts of yourself and and remember bad things and um, really explore parts of yourself that you're really afraid of and feel a lot of pain and discomfort, you Mm -hmm. open yourself up for to hold more joy and good feeling. And yes. that's it's it, you, it just it's just how it works. So yeah, um, it's like you've cre- it's like digging a hole. You've dug this deep dark hole, but now it's so much room to fill it up with good stuff. Yeah, you know, in a very literal literal. Yeah. Uh, so sense. I would I would like it if this could be more of a conversation with Zach if he could maybe flesh out with you more um, of what what he's meaning and what his response is to this um, to to what you're saying about it. Um, I just feel like that, that it could go good places. Oh yeah, no, I think um, it could too. I, I yeah, think his intentions are, are good, and 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 I, I know he's open to a conversation. So yeah, yeah. so I think uh, we could uh, we could definitely explore that further. But yes, it was a it was a great question, Zach, and uh, I think it uh, afforded us a very good conversation. So good old see his cynicism about my cynicism <laughs> opened up something great. <laughs> totally, it totally so, did. Fantastic. Um, so last week. We had a voicemail from listener Katie, and uh, and then uh, we had a response to that from listener Jeff. Hey, Simone and Stephanie. This is listener Jeff in New York, uh, and I am just calling in response to Katie's voicemail from last week. Um, and I also kind of called back to you a couple weeks ago with the artist's way. I, too, uh, am a sufferer of the depression, and, uh, and I have found something that really helps me is the fucking artist state, which I still can't bring myself to call it that, I won't say to myself, you know what, Jeff, let's go on an art state today. But I do find that going and spending some time alone in a place that inspires me for whatever reason that day really, really picks me up. Um, anyway, just thought I'd share that and 
say I really love the show. I've been listening from the very beginning. But, yeah, love you guys. And uh, I appreciate all you're doing, and thank you for making me laugh. And miniature horses. (laughs) And miniature horses. (laughs) So thank you, Jeff. Thank you for your call. Um, Yeah, the artist date. I think think the problem with it is we need to rename it. Yeah, we talked about this book, (laughs) The Artist's Way, and how it's like helping you unlock your creative side. And one of the things it says to do is to go on an artist's date, which is you go go by yourself and go to like an art gallery or you know a park or something and just spend time with yourself and it sounds so retarded and nobody wants to say they're doing it like jeff doesn't but <laughs> when you do do it it feels really good and yeah it really it really helps so um yeah. so yeah so there, there's a, i think that's what we need to do we need to come up with a new name for for the artist date because nobody wants to say they're going on a date with themselves that is yeah, so just depressing maybe just say <laughs> what you're doing like i'm gonna go see the chernobyl diaries today and masturbate the whole time like, yeah that exactly <laughs> that yeah. could just be what you say yeah, it needs a title though, so that it is it is an event that you're making a point of doing this event. So we could call it and miniature horses. And miniature horses. That's just yes. how he signed off his voicemail. I know. Gosh. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> Who is um, this naysayer, Senator asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Last week. Last week, yes. Listen to forty-five. Uh, episode forty-five. <laughs> but um, but anyway, back to Katie's voicemail that we had answered last week. She was talking about being in existential funks, and we thought she was talking about depression, but she oh, yeah. uh, wasn't clear. And in the comments uh, uh, following last episode, she said, I get into existential funks without really feeling depressed. It's more like being trapped in the big picture mindset, and I can't fathom any purpose in the details. It doesn't really bring me down, but it puts me in a generally unproductive mode. And so when she says purposeless and meaningless, people assume that she means depressed, but, you know, she wanted to know if we people... Who see life as pointless and meaningless, unnecessarily depressed. And I thought, I personally see life as kind of pointless and meaningless, but then it doesn't bother me at all. And in fact, I think it, it I, like when I do get depressed, it's not about that at all. And if anything, I find that a comfort. It takes the pressure off. It's like you know what? It doesn't really matter because I know there's no, there's no big deal. So to me, it has the opposite effect. It doesn't make me depressed. So I think they are separate for me anyway. That that the yeah. fact that life is meaningless is separate to, to, to depression. So, but what she's describing, the fact that it, you know, makes a, you know, just incapable of doing anything, that to me sounds like depression. So yeah. what do you think? Me too. That, yeah, because I was trying to look up the dsm 4 you know, diagnosis definition of depression and it uh-huh. was all about not wanting to do anything. <laughs> like that's a big, yeah. a big, you know, symptom of depression. So, um, and, just whatever and even like the literal, like the broken anybody. down definition to depress a button is to press it down, to push it down, you know? So, and that's the way you are when you're depressed. You are like, you are dead. Yeah. You're just comatose and kind of, or, you yeah. know, catatonic, So I don't understand. I she said she wasn't, she was been, she said she wasn't definitely diagnosed, diagnosed with depression as depressed. Before, yeah. But I mean, how you said last week that you were diagnosed with depression when you were 13. How is a depression diagnosis made? I mean, there's no test for it. You don't get a little, you know, you can't put something under a microscope and say, yep, she has depression. You know, I I don't understand where they where they draw that line, because someone who's incapable of doing stuff sounds depressed to me. So but as I said, I don't think it relates necessarily to uh, to feelings of of just, you know, we're pointless. You know, the, the universe is pointless so yeah yeah i don't know it's kind of like so you're staying in a lot um sleeping a lot you're gaining weight you um don't see what the point is to life okay you're depressed like (laughs) that's how i've kind of seen it being diagnosed so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what the hell i'm talking about Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not doctors, just for anyone who was uncertain. We're not doctors. All the the diagnosis we've been making in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now, well, following on from depression and all that, you, uh, what, what was it you said... Something about Valium and Venus Hill, the group that you attend. Oh on, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've um, I've talked about this before a few episodes ago. Um, I started this group with um, two of my friends. They're therapists. I am not, but um, we started. Did you really start it, or did someone else I start did, it? And you're taking well, the credit it was, for it. it was <laughs> I know, right? It was Kote's idea, and now she's calling uh, me a founding member, and that might be just okay. to get me to to help her out because we've been having meetings about it, and I've been Very like. Good. 
I know, working on the website and having to fucking call the reservation place and, and tell them how many people are going to be. Anyway, so she's calling me a founding member. Yeah, I didn't really know that's what I was. But as long as somebody else is validating your claim, I'm fine. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> I made this Neil Young DVD. It was me. Um, and Cote loved so, it. Yeah, she, she loved it. Um... So it's this group, we call it Venus Hill, as kind of a response to Mars Hill, which is this church here that's misogynistic. And Venus Hill is, is this group where, um, you know, it's a women's group. I guess we're sexist in that way that, that we don't have men be present. Um, but we meet once a month and with, with an expert in the, fil- in the fields of feminism and theology to talk about um, women history issues, um, post-colonialization of feminism, um, the ways that all, you know, just social dynamics and, and these women are professors and um, talk about all the stuff that's way over my head, but it's really lovely because um, the point is kind of to come together and talk about why our responses to um, the feminist movement are the way they are, why our responses to, um, you know, white male power are the way we are, are the way they are, and um, what we can do to make things different in in just even a small way and just for ourselves and just being able to have the space to talk about it has been so nice so um it's something that this woman her name is dr jennifer mckinney and she teaches um gender studies at spu seattle pacific gender studies gender studies there's a ginger study i thought you meant redheaded (laughs) gender (laughs) studies so she was she mentioned that um you know, women didn't used to like throughout history. Women have not been the ones that stayed home, and um, it's been very much. It takes a village in in most parts of the world until post. Um, how am I saying? Post colony colonization. I sound like a retard, but um, um, when the pioneers were in America, you know, moving westward, settling homesteads, it was very much a family effort thing, and the woman wasn't always the one in the house, and, and the man wasn't the always always the one outside who was the breadwinner. But um, after the war, uh, you know, Second World War, and you know, fifties started started the fifties. Um, it was a lot of consumer consumer pressure to, for the women to stay home and kind of be the homemakers and everything looked beautiful and, and, and perfect from the outside. So um, this was when women started getting really depressed. <laughs> and anyway, all that to say, Valium was created for hysterical housewives. And yeah. she said that hysterical used to be, you know, a medical diagnosis and they it's more akin to what depression or bipolar actually is now. But um, right. anyway, the first year, um, I, and I didn't write down the year this happened. I think it was late 50s, early 60s. But um, the first year Valium um, was invented, they manufactured 416,000 pounds of it the first year. And the next <laughs> year they, they manufactured 2.2 million. <laughs> wow. So it just like was a big hit and kept... Yeah, so totally. kind of goes to show that it's not necessarily the what women were made to do, like stay home and be inside and um, <laughs> yeah, not be in the workforce. I don't know. Yeah. So it's good to talk about that because um, most of the people who show up come from um, some kind of religious background where usually evangelical Christian where gender roles are really strongly encouraged and obeying your husband is a big deal and um, you staying home and breeding is, you know, just kind of mandatory, even though no one yeah. really says it out loud. So, and it's assumed that that's the way it always was. Yeah, and I'm, I'm learning, so I'm like, oh my god, really? Yeah. Wasn't like that all the time. So, yeah, it's fun to do. Uh, now, now you had a reading from the heart that you wanted to uh, to, th- <laughs> to throw out there. I do. I'm reading this, um, this memoir of a guy who was a male prostitute in Hollywood nice. in the 40s and 50s. Oh, and um, cool. <laughs> it's called Full Service, My Adventures in Hollywood and the Secret Sex Lives of the Stars. And the guy's name is Scotty Bowers who did it. But um, So he's talking about, you know, sleeping with Vivian Lee and Clark Gable and Rock Hudson and, you know, Greta Garbo, all these people. And... Um, there was one line, though, that, that made me laugh so hard, and I knew I had to read it here on Don Haney. He would bartend at parties when he wasn't tricking. He uses all these old words like bawling and tricking. It's so funny. But he goes, um, I can't remember why I first did it, but people began demanding that at gay parties especially, I would do my swizzle stick trick. Since nature endowed me with a cock of which I have always been proud, I would often whip it out and stir drinks with it. <laughs> 
People love to order cocktails and watch me stir them with my flaccid penis. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so he was making It's a real Dontini. <laughs> Unfucking believable. This is the, the, the name Dongtini, uh, Stephanie's husband came up with that as uh, the definition for any cocktail as long as it's been stirred with a dong. So, and I just thought that was out of his sick head, but um, wow, a real Dongtini. That is magical. We need to put that as a quote or something, have like it fixed on our website. You know when people have inspirational quotes? Says, yeah, that needs to be part of our part of our vernacular. I'm going to leave an iTunes review as Scotty Bowers. <laughs> yes, you totally should. It's fantastic. What a fabulous reading. Oh my god, my mind is blown. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I wish you'd been here when I first read it because I was rolling around screaming. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. Oh god. At least you got a first reaction from me. I'm yes. shocked. Yes, it was fantastic. Oh my gosh. Gosh, well, um, I think we're going to start wrapping things up now. But um, oh, do you want know I meant to mention from last week? We uh, played a BG song, Massachusetts, as tribute to Robin Gibb. And I forgot to mention out, uh, oh. that is part of mine and Greg's love of the Bee Gees, though this is not going to happen. But we had talked about if we had a son naming, naming the child Barry Robin Morris Turkington. <laughs> oh, it should happen. I just I don't like any happen. of those names. That's the problem. <laughs> So that's the problem. Otherwise, I would like. How totally about Robin Williams Turkington? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, hot dog. No way. Um, so <laughs> now, uh, yeah, we had your summer jam a couple weeks ago, which you didn't like, and my summer jam could be controversial, but I know you will like it. Have you listened to it yet? <laughs> Gaz Coombs covering "I Just Wasn't Made for These oh. Times." Have you listened to it yet? Yes, I. Oh, I, I, I had so to. Good. It had to take me a few days after you sent it to me because I wanted to be alone, and I'm never alone. But um, yes, I like. I had to wait and have a moment with it, and I like lit candles in the dark. Oh, wow, that's full on. But uh, yeah, but it's a great cover. So Mojo Magazine in England has uh, they've done a Pet Sounds or Beach Boys special and. Um, and they have a CD that comes with every issue. And this one is all these different people covering different uh, Beach Boys songs. So uh, this one is, uh, this is, so this is Gaz Coombs, a uh, singer of Supergrass, now gone solo. Uh, and he's done a cover of I Just Wasn't Made For These Times. And I swear, I listen to it over and over and over Aww. again. I love it so much. It's the Beach Boys, so it's very summery and has that, you know, has that melancholy to it, which, you know, because all summer long, every summer, I'm always like, partly like, I lo- I'm so happy and then I'm always sort of sad that we're thinking about summer's end and it kind of has that vibe mm-hmm. to it which I like you know mm-hmm. it's just that encapsulates always my feelings about about summer that it's not gonna yeah. last but I still love summer so much it's my favorite season the whole Pet Sounds album is kind of melancholy to me oh totally more than totally. their other stuff but. so it feels weird to call the Beach Boys song a summer jam I hope listeners who are fans of Pet Sounds <laughs> won't be too hard on it because but Greg's a huge fan and he thinks it's a really good cover. So. Oh, he does. I was gonna yeah, ask. Yeah, So that's yeah. good. So he thinks guys did a lot of interesting things on it. So yeah, so I've listened Aww. to it like so many times. I'm gonna keep listening to it. I think that's my summer jam. So yay, uh, yay. So on that note, we will wrap things up. Thank you all for listening. Please visit dongtini.com for supplementary material and you know like us on Facebook and shop on Amazon through our links so we get some some cash. And uh, yes, uh, oh oh oh, I didn't even mention the dong mail, the dong line. Dong mail. So yes, yeah, so yeah, so if you wanted to leave a voicemail like you heard uh, earlier in the program, please call three two three three zero one dong. We would love to hear from you. So Dong is in uh, wiener. Dong is in wiener. So we love you all. Thanks for listening. And until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. Stay cool Each time things start to
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.